Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is independent of Santa Cruz Guitar Company, and all opinions are those of the speakers. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. I've been going about 105 miles an hour for the whole morning, so let's see if I can calm down. There you are. There we are. There we go. And um, welcome to podcast number 19. Can you believe it? We've made it to 19, and today we're going to catch up a little bit with Richard. He's... Uh, back from Nam and back from a trip and back from everywhere and back from across the street probably but uh it's about as far as we can get to go now these days around here but uh, uh i'm going to the kitchen there you are that's 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 the big move for me a little later and uh just for disclaimers you know we don't we don't know what we're saying and and um none of it can be and and all of it will be held against us so i'm sure just go ahead and uh everybody knows mr hoover and there's tad laird and i'm gonna let them I'm gonna let them do the driving today so uh have at it kids cool thanks so Richard. Astro, it, it's hard to believe it's been uh only four months since we've last talked to you but wow what a four months <laughs> right uh, time is all at once these days yeah so we we've gone through let's see since we last talked to you we've gone through all kinds of election and political and and all kinds of other stuff how are you and how is the shop holding up um you've been through fires and floods and and pandemics and uh locusts and i, I don't know what else i mean you're absolutely you... right nothing unusual <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary <laughs> You know, as you well know, um, uh, there's some things you don't want to know how they're done. Laws, sausages, and guitar making. And, uh, you know, there's always something going on. But you're right. This year has been a real challenge and a real, um, um, I feel it sometimes like I'm, I'm, I'm driving the business through uh, a hail of projectiles. And luckily, only a few of them have struck and uh, we'll be able to drag them along okay. So we're fine, uh, and I say that in the kind of the polite public way. We're fine uh, with qualifications. It's a lot of hard work uh, to um, navigate uh, both the crises, uh, the, the uh, support, and, and to keep the team engaged and moving forward. And uh, that's the biggest blessing for us, and that's my biggest gratitude, um, is the engagement of the people that work here. Uh, in spite of the adversity, um, they're not running off to uh, unemployment or another job. You know, they're, they're sticking around and, and we're okay. Well, where are you at right now with the pandemic? I know that in California, you know, it's kind of a county by county thing as to what kind of restrictions are in place and such. Um, what are you actually dealing with uh, these days? Uh, are, we, you know, things are opened up. Um, okay. The shutdown has been uh, rescinded, 
and business sort of back to normal. Now, it's, it's too much to go into in this context, not that people couldn't understand it, but it's a real matrix of regulations. And in some cases, we do have exemptions. Uh, in some cases, we don't. So we modify our, uh, our hours, our staff, um, uh, our shifts and so forth to accommodate all that and be, be within the letter of the law, but more importantly, the spirit of the law. Um, uh, and this is a funny thing to say, but uh, we have a lot of people of a demographic that is at the highest risk of exposure. And in many, in a, in a very real sense, I feel that I can keep them safer here than I can if they were out at loose ends uh, away, away from their job. So that's really where my focus is, is to make sure that this is a secure and safe place for them to work and avoid exposure. Uh, and also uh, keep from going to jail or being fined. Um, we want to be cooperative with this effort uh, to have the uh, uh, virus dissipate, uh, uh, get back to normal and so forth. So there, I'm not cavalier about this. I'm not trying to operate independently at all. Um, uh, and it's a big job. I spend yeah. a lot of my time trying to collect information and make good decisions. Right, right. Hmm. Would, would you say you're, you're operating at 100% or are you still under some restrictions or having some problems with all this? Um, just in terms of general manufacturing? You know, to, to uh, keep uh, distancing, uh, to keep the exposure at acceptable levels, um, we're probably, uh, you know, we're probably short about uh, five hours a week, but you combine everybody in that. So it's about, you know, we're about a day to day and a half short of full capacity. Um, but uh, it's, it's better to have that than to have each process uh, be compromised. So while we're here, we can do uh, the right job, the right quality, and keep our promises for time. Uh, and, but I do look forward to the chance to run normally and have continuity. That's the biggest thing uh, for people to get used to um, these kind of changes. Yeah. Nobody likes change unless it's their own idea. <laughs> Very well said. Yes. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking that there've got to be a lot of dealers and a lot of uh, uh, customers expecting uh, custom orders and such that are re probably rather anxious at this point, um, with things being a little bit slower and, and demand being a little bit higher. Everybody has more time and are appreciating the fact that they really would enjoy a really nice new guitar. So. Yeah. Well, if I if I can give a a vote of confidence for my um, uh, you know, uber capable staff. Um, our dealers aren't dealing, uh, aren't having to uh, worry about uncertainty. It's not that they don't know when they'll get their stuff. They've been uh, kept abreast, really well informed, and uh, we're pretty good at our predictions on that. And um, you know that uh, uh, Carolyn has a personal relationship with everybody we're talking to. So it's, uh, and, and as a small company, we really can't stay in touch with these guys. So they can, of course, relay that to customers. Uh, so the, our, the disappointment factor is not a big deal for us right now. Right. We are um, we are booked uh, into the fall, which is a really nice sense of security. So uh, people haven't stopped wanting or ordering guitars. That's, that's excellent. I, I just speak knowing that we can be as guitar buyers can be a rather impatient lot having spent more than a few hours 
standing at the curb, you know, silently cursing the FedEx truck or whatever that has yet to arrive. So, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> hey, well, the Richard. other thing that's happened is you went through a virtual NAM, which had to be a, a rather unusual experience. Um, what can you tell us about that? Um, that's a pr real broad question, and I'll, I'll just address it that way. Actually, there was it wasn't so much that it was unusual, as long as you didn't try to compare it to uh, the in-person experience we've had for the last few decades. Um, I think that, uh, you know, absence of comparisons makes for a lot happier life, <laughs> right? Okay. So, so I took on um, NAM as it came. And again, I got, I have this incredible support here. Uh, Carolyn spent uh, a lot of time in preparation and preparing our, our dealers for the uh, for the for the way we we're going to go about it, so I don't have any complaints about it in the sense of it was the first try, it was a Herculean effort, and we will build on these successes. As you know, uh, the trade show, the the in-person trade show that we we know and love is uh, becoming becoming less and less relevant, a little more archaic. Uh, replaced by the internet and the way people th do things today. So all trade shows were suffering a decline in attendance. Um, and I think this is the wave of the future. And this was a great way to practice that. As, as you know, we don't go to the show uh, with a promotion and uh, build up our sales and hire more people and respond to demand by more production. Uh, our production is really steady. Um, uh, it's uh, really involved with our custom stuff. So our sales are made before we go to the show. Uh, going to the show is maintaining the relationships, um, solidifying uh, understandings, cooperations, agreements, and so forth. And there's nothing like being in person. And that is something that we all miss, is that personal contact. I, I've said before that the reason we go to the NAM show or the music mesa is for the opportunities we don't know will exist until we're there. And, and that is unfortunate. We don't have that right now. So uh, there is, there's kind of a, a overall view of it. Um, uh, what we did was good. Uh, what we'll do in the future, uh, that's the foundation. I hope for, I hope for more. Uh, NAM has announced uh, a June show that will be uh, on site in person uh, you know, with um, uh, people attending. And it seems wildly optimistic right now because that's in July. But um, we'll see. Uh -huh. Yeah, it, I, I participated in, um, in the NAM thing as, uh, you know, as trying to be there. And it was very interesting. I, I, I really enjoyed the Santa Cruz presentations um, Thank you. where they felt just like you weren't trying to make it a live event and <laughs> you know where some of them some of them I saw were just disaster you know I, I, I sat in a couple of things that were just just disaster because it's really hard to do this stuff you know without it is. TV trucks and 
and lots of technology <laughs> and you know and people that understand what it's going on and when you put you know a bunch of rock and roll or hippies in there and and give them an electrical cord look out you know so i thought it was really interesting how people how different companies handled it i, I my question was did you guys have any kind of a like a virtual lounge or anything where you could all just kind of sign in you know that like a lounge where you could just go and sign on to zoom and see who's in there. I mean, that's, um, that's what I miss. Uh, I'm going to say a variation. Yeah, I did too. And uh, as you said, uh, TV trucks, catering, wardrobe, uh, uh, stage director, you know, checkbooks. all that kind of thing. Yeah, checkbooks. He's had a problem with that. Yeah. We just can't, you know, we don't have that bandwidth, nor is it our approach to it. So what we did have is, uh, we had videos uh, uh, you may have seen. Very good, uh, very good. Was, uh, yeah, a real nice um, uh, visit with different dealers and them explaining their relationship with Santa Cruz, uh, the um, benefit of being able to talk to somebody about custom uh, in, a, in a Luthery sense rather than a promotional sense, and just the nature of the reality of how Santa Cruz deals with their customers. And that message is impossible to get across in a print ad um, uh, or uh, sometimes even an interview. So that was very powerful. And, and during that uh, was, um, of course, the lines were open for people to come in and ask questions, almost like the lounge concept you're talking about. So Carolyn and I both fielded questions during and after that. And in fact, for days after that, people were asking questions about custom and so forth. So it did, it opened up communication. Um, I know what you're talking about, and I miss that too. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if you could just be there in front of the computers if you were in the booth and people would drop by to talk, ask questions, uh, uh, whatever, and we could be on for, from nine to five or something. And uh, we'll see if that evolves. Like I said, this one was, uh, the expectations were really low. Therefore, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> Hopefully, we I, could get that next year. I do you suggest that to us? I really felt that your uh, your dealer profile was very, very, very effective. Um, it just it, it really it, yeah, and and I thought it reflected the company, and I thought it reflected that this is how you choose your dealers. It, you could see it. I mean, I, I thought that was a really powerful piece. But you know, you're you're missing the. I, I thought that they were missing the. Uh, um, you know the 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 lounge at at the Hilton. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. You no, know where, after hours. Where, yeah, you know the after hours stuff where you know you just end up there and 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 lots of stuff would happen in that and it, I guess I guess that's the biggest challenge. You see that Dallas is they have the World Guitar Show scheduled for May, wow. which I think is extremely aggressive. You know. But they just announced wow. it that, that they're going to go in May, uh, May fifth, early May. Wow. Um, for Texas, whoa, you know. So I don't know. You know, we're we got to see a few more a few more turns of the sun before we know where we're at. You know. Yeah, we'd like to see um, a few more inoculations and yeah. a few more people coming around to mask wearing. Yeah. Well, I guess. I guess what I was wondering from the experience was um, 
I think Richard touched on that. Um, did you have you gotten feedback from the dealers as to how they felt it went? Did they feel like they got the kind of information and feedback that they would need if they were attending a regular NAM? And secondly, in the way this operated, are there takeaways that you would like to apply to uh, an in-person kind of a NAM? Is there a way that you think that maybe some of this technology can be incorporated in an in-person kind of event to make it better? You know, I, I think I can be the most uh, helpful and honest answer by saying, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, only, I only have so much bandwidth. Um, I have enough uh, that I'm dealing with keeping, uh, you know, the ship upright, the shiny side up here uh, through the COVID and the, and the other disasters you talked about. I really don't uh, uh, have um, the, the bandwidth to indulge in how to help somebody else do a better job of what they do. <laughs> That's why I, I, I'm not dodging the question. I say I just decided not to do comparisons between the two. I take what came with NAM show this year and uh, and and uh, really build on the positive. So directly answer your question, our dealers were, were really pleased with what we did. And this is kind of oblique. Let me try this anyway. Uh, for the dealers, um, that one video that we're discussing showed the dealers talking in terms of personal relationships with me and Carolyn and Santa Cruz Guitar Company and how that was of value to their customers. And uh, the, the response I got from one dealer is, you know, the Guitar Center watching that video is going to go, well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with us at all. So um, it really does help to focus on the people that participated in that video uh, rather than, let's say, a new dealer that's a, a full bandwidth uh, store uh, wanting to take on our line. Um, I, I don't mean this from any point of view, but sales aren't our problem. The quality of relationships is the challenge. And that was a really good way to do it. Um, when we go to the NAM, I, I will go into a comparison. When we do go to the NAM show and we talk to thousands of people and hundreds of dealers, um, there's a lot of dealers that just aren't the right fit. They're fine human beings, but they don't have the model for their store where they could represent us. So a lot of our time is spent uh, explain to people why, uh, you know, it's, it's not it really in the future that we right. do business together. And it's hard for them to understand. But that video said it all. Um, yeah. our, our, our business is done through, again, personal relationships, I'll emphasize. And uh, I, could, I, could, I don't know how we ever would have conveyed that on a, on a convention floor. That, well, that's good. It sounds like it actually, there was some positive benefit from the way it was done and, and that you know there was something better about the way it was done as opposed to just trying to be the same as or catch up with some other experience well it, it you know it, yeah. it, it, I, I really did mean that in all sincerity i thought that that thing really got right to the point and right to the heart and that one that one was just just in the way that the the honesty and the authenticity from the dealers that were talking was yeah that's beautiful it it's it, you know you, you can't do it. it it the watching the fallout from later you know the week after nam 
I would probably have spent maybe two days looking at all the reviews, like Premier uh -huh. Bar, you know, and I would all the people that walk around and do interviews through that. And I would have gone through there and, and seen a bunch of them. And I did miss that, you know. Um, I, I, that. I thought that I thought the companies that tried to do product rollouts like Fender. Wow, I thought that was a big flat duck. I mean, <laughs> it was it was like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, no, this it, there's absolutely no creativity in the way that they presented the stuff. And, you know, I. I and you used to see in a big wall of, of red, blue, green, yellow, pink and purple jazz masters, you know, yeah. and when you see one with a drop down bar to select it, 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 it's kind of a different thing. But the other thing was the people that are normally in your booth kind of did their own NAM on Facebook. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but for that whole week, everybody that stops in the booth was posting about it. That's great. It was really, you know, and it was a huge wide variety of people from all over the place, you know, and I mean, Catfish went back eight years or something, 10 years, talked about it and, and talked about, you know, his first time meeting you and all that. And, and uh, James Nash went really bonkers on it. And Eric put up a bunch of stuff and Lisa put up a bunch of stuff. And oh, that's I, I saw just almost everybody that I know that represents Santa Cruz or in that plays them had their own little party. And, and that was, that was kind of cool. You know, I mean, oh, that that's was, great. that was kind of cool. It was like a little virtual booth out of a booth. It, it, uh, it worked. That's wonderful. You know, uh, we did miss some promotional opportunity there. Um, we have, uh, you know, as you guys are aware, but uh, most of the world isn't, uh, we put, um, oh man, the better part 15 plus years uh, of really serious science into guitar strings. Um, uh, and it's not that we're smarter than a large company that has great resources, uh, but the larger companies, you know, are, are limited by hitting a price target. And we aren't. Uh, we're, our goal is quality, not, not uh, a price target. And we've truly come up with something unique. And we were ready to um, present our dadgad uh, strings. <gasps> A baritone 12 string at the show to the world market and uh, uh, we didn't get that opportunity and we always like to do that in the context of who and what Santa Cruz guitar is mm. uh, to give people a context and, and the credibility so we have to you know we have to recalculate and figure out how to go about that uh, as well and those are those are all thrilling they'll grow organically so that's not a problem uh, but we didn't get the benefit of the big uh, uh, the big splash in that. But before I forget, I want to say the thing that was sorely missed is the um, uh, the, the check-ins, the friendships that I've developed over decades with people in the business. And, you, you know, you guys have heard this before, uh, and I would almost include you in it. There's people who I've watched their children grow up in photographs. Uh, we've shared, um, you know, uh, rites of passage at the show. And uh, uh, the quality of relationships that you develop in that context is like how you learn about somebody when an elevator's stuck, right? 
Um, you know, all caution goes to the wind and you end up telling your life stories and uh, you can develop some pretty intimate relationships. And without that face-to-face -face contact, uh, they're not being nurtured. And uh, especially my international contacts, there's just no way I ever would see them all in the same place. And there's no way I can see them individually. So I'm pining a little bit late in my career that that might be the end of, um, uh, you know, that, that part of the business hmm. that I truly love. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I really wondered about that. You know, and, and again, that, that goes back to this lounge idea of, yeah, I don't know, you know, is, is there a way, is there a way to, I think trade shows, I think trade shows are, are out the door too. I, I think the last one I did was seven or eight years ago and I would do 10 shows a year. And I wow. thought, I thought at that period of time that it was done. I mean, you know, I watched it go from, I've been to the Mesa and I understand, you know, Kodak used to have one of those entire halls and yeah. Agfa, Agfa used to have one of those entire halls and Fuji would have one of those entire halls. And there was a lot of excitement about it, you know, and there was always some new film or something or some new camera or some new motion picture thing that they were going to introduce. And there was a lot of excitement around that. But then you started to watch it. I mean, I, th I, th I, th I think even 10 years ago, I was going, why are we spending this money? You know, why are we spending a quarter of a million dollars to be in New York for three days? You know, and, and why are we doing it? I mean, what are we getting from it? And I, I think this whole thing has just kind of put a dead stop on a lot of things, which possibly are good. I mean, we've seen wonderful changes in Wendy's, in, in wonderful changes and wonderful success in online dog training. Believe it or not, you would yes. you would you, you would think it's it, you would think it's the farthest thing from anybody's brain. But what really happens is instead of the dogs getting together once a week with these people that don't know each other and these dogs that don't know each other in a thirty by thirty room and they're all distracted, now they all sit on Zoom in their in their living rooms and send in videos of their training and they're really seeing real results because. It, it becomes about not sit, stay, bark, roll over, but it becomes behavior. And they would, they would have never had that opportunity because in a live situation, they're just wranglers. Yeah. You know? I, I, can, I can hear that. Yeah, I took an algebra lesson on PBS TV this morning that astounded me. I just ran into it. Um, I, uh, yeah, it, it, it's the it's the... Uh, inverse of you don't miss your water till your well runs dry, but also when you don't have something and you find out life's the same without it, you're disinclined to go back and put a lot of energy or pay a lot of money to do it again. So I, it'll it'll have an effect indeed. I, I guess you know I, I just I just I, I just look for the opportunity, you know, and 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 yeah, I, I miss it too. You know, I. I I miss international friends. I miss all these people that now I, you know, see once once a month on Facebook or something like that. That yeah, it's we, hard. We live together, you know. I mean, for ten years. I mean, we were a traveling team, and and <laughs> oh, oh, you know, yeah. and that's gone. You know, and I and it can't come back. So, uh, 
I'm in a real fatalistic place right now. Sorry. Well, <laughs> but... you know, it, it's on me, Richard. You know, uh, uh, when one door shuts, another one opens. Every time. And the uh, the colossal effort of preparation uh, and time that goes into this uh, to the NAM show, uh, which was critical for us for many many years, um, I was able to spend on other stuff, and uh, there were things I couldn't get to before. And you know my, you know about my wood problem, and uh, um, I was able to reach it to my network of antique wood guys. Some of them, you know, have aged out, but they're still connected. And uh, we got some wonderful sources uh, and some wonderful new stuff coming in that you know I'd have missed out on um, had I been doing my usual thing. So uh, you know, all in all, it's not uh, um, you know I can be fatalistic about the trade show. Uh, but I don't feel uh, deprived at this point. Yeah. All right. So you, you have now brought up two things that we really need to circle back around and spend a little more time finding out about um, strings and now wood. Um, so I would like to circle back to the strings. What do you have these other sets now available? Are they ready to order or? Soon or? Well, what we yeah, what we hoped is to announce this at the show, <laughs> um, and uh, you know we have a lot of we've done a lot of beta testing. Um, the dad gets set especially, uh, you know, as you well know, people just compromise. They put together whatever they can find, um, and and again, this is uh, specific to a playing style, uh, to a tuning, and uh, there was just a lot of low hanging fruit that could be captured there, um, and we do have. Uh, these, let, let's say, in the can. We've done the beta testing. We have the prototypes. We're ready to order. Uh, but uh, our suppliers, as you know, we have uh, three different suppliers involved in our strings. It's not just we don't buy a ready-made string from a company. They're manufactured from components from three different uh, suppliers. And COVID has absolutely made mayhem out of that. No, no. So yeah, uh, getting uh, getting deliveries has been difficult. We're just starting to build back up inventories, and we haven't stocked up on the uh, baritone dad getter 12 strings yet because we're still waiting for um, our orders to come in uh, and our components to get put together. So it was a little premature, uh, uh, but pre-NAM, it seems like it would all was all going to happen uh, right in time. So, you know, we're not quite ready yet to deliver those, but I'm certainly ready to talk about it. Excellent. Well, I mean, do you, are you thinking like maybe March, April? Is that, that a reasonable time frame? I mean, I, I can limp my baritone along for another two, three months without changing the strings. <laughs> 12 strings yeah. Any, bad, if we but... don't hit that, If we don't hit that target, we'll just refer people to you. <laughs> Thank you. Just, just steal all those strings down and keep going. So, so yeah. talk, so talk about them, Richard. I think that I think that the dad gad idea is revolutionary. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant from a whole bunch of reasons. It, it, not not only being marketing, but for player, for the player. This is this has been so long in coming. You know. Thank you. I, I agree. I agree. And again, uh, I, 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 this isn't false humility. It's that, uh, you know, there's some uh, marvelous people in companies working with strings and so forth. Uh, but they're within the co confines of, you know, their economic uh, restraints. 
uh, you know, what we've heard, you know, with our strings, which, um, uh, uh, again, cost wasn't the, the limiting factor. I mean, you know, you've been on forums and you see how people think that we're uh, in league with the Prince of Darkness trying to gouge people on string prices. Uh, but guitar strings are artificially low priced. Um, you know, getting a set of strings for a violin or even a bass, uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of money and guitar strings are ridiculously low priced. Uh, but it's an artificial paradigm. Uh, we're getting what we pay for. And uh, uh, the improvements are uh, readily available. Um, we're just the ones that came along and put them together and have the science to support those decisions. So dad, yet I could use an analogy. You know, if, um, uh, if you sat down and you're really you're used to playing your piano and it got really, really accomplished, and then you would try to do something different and each key had a different uh, resistance to it, you couldn't do your stuff at all. Uh, you would you would sound like a beginner, um, and in the dadgad set, that's what a lot of people suffer. They tune into dadgad, and it just feels it's like um, uh, trying to hammer nails into a board that's floating on water. Uh, when the gate when the tensions are logical and correct, and you get the right the, the sonic response from that, life is different. I think this will allow a lot of people to enjoy dadgad that that uh, bypassed it before. I, I, I'm yeah. I think it's a it's just a fantastic idea, and I don't know if Carolyn told you, <clears throat> but I took a set of low tensions off of a resonator that's been up at Keith Greninger's studio, and I put them on yeah. two and a two and a half years ago, and they were <laughs> still great when I took them off, and I can't that's imagine beautiful. that I can't imagine that anybody took care of it up there, you know. Uh, oh, so, that's great. You know, I mean, I was truly, truly, truly stunned. In fact, I immediately, I'm going, huh? <laughs> this thing still sounds great. Why am I changing these? That, that has oh, that's been beautiful. my experience as well. I mean, that I, I, you know, I, what I do is I take the label, the strings, and I write the date. I put them on the guitar and put them in the pocket of the case. And every once in a while, you're playing something, and you go, man, this really sounds good. When did I put these strings on? And you open up the case, and it's like, oh, crap, has it been almost a year? <laughs> that, that, that warms my heart. And, you know, the answer to that is gearhead talk. It's not marketing. Uh, you know, the, first, the last thing you want to try to do in marketing is educate or change somebody's mind about why strings last a long time. But I'll keep it really simple. The precision with which strings are made is a much bigger uh, contributor to longevity uh, than, than any gimmickry of, of coding or whatever. Um, a string that's really uh, uh, made to uh, precision is going to have a longer tonal life. And that's part of what people uh, should expect to get when they pay more for the string is uh, better performance. And uh, uh, it's, it, the irony is somebody spending thousands of guitar dollars on a guitar and begrudging uh, spending another $10 on their strings. So right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. Well, it, we, we have a tiger by the tail, and it's nice because our intention was, you know, making strings that would support our instruments. Um, and uh, it's really uh, showed a... Uh, 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 really a lack in the marketplace of people being able to do what a violin player uh, or an orchestral player can do in getting the best for their instrument. It's always, 
it always it, it it the analogy that you just said is really so accurate i'm so many times in in my industry you'd see a guy with a five thousand dollar lens yeah. a ten thousand dollar lens and he'd go uh j just give me the cheapest filter yeah you know so here's all this great optical glass and he takes something that you know you might as well be using a washcloth or something over it you know oh well it's protecting it yeah and it's just destroying everything that the designer did to do it you know just that's a great analogy why put two why it, put, it is yeah i mean why put two dollar strings on a ten thousand dollar guitar you know yeah people have asked you know for for a lot of iterations of strings uh from us but that's really not uh who we are um uh you know we're not a string company um uh we have you know we have a mission and a purpose in what we're offering and we've thought long and hard to extend these this into uh, the dad gad the baritone the 12 string but we make uh, guitars for all those and people couldn't get the couldn't get the full um the fulfillment out of the instrument they could if they had the proper strings so uh you know we we were happy for now we'll see where we go well i'm i am very excited to uh hear that you'll be uh sending out the baritone strings because i've been using the the medium tension and you know they they work adequately but i can't really tune down the way i know the instrument could if i had a heavier gauge I get you. Yeah. On so wow. yeah um or or a string that uh uh wasn't necessarily a heavier gauge string but had more tension which is the key to what we're doing here right you know, you don't have to have a lumbering large diameter string uh, to get the tension that you need for uh, the sound and the feel that you want. Right. But well, I'm getting geeky there, I'll back off. <laughs> well, no, it, it, I, I, I remember reading a thread where people were asking, they were saying, well, you know, some many of these guitar manufacturers are using these very inexpensive strings. Why should I buy a more expensive string? And I remember trying to explain that when somebody's building a guitar, they may be taking those strings on and off the instrument, you know, a half a dozen times while they're getting everything tweaked and adjusted and set up. You don't put, you know, expensive strings on an instrument that you're taking on and off and on and off and on and off, you know, while you're trying to get everything dialed in perfectly. Um, and plus, you know, they figure that the dealer can put strings on or whatever else, but, you know. And they do. Some dealers change strings as soon as the guitar arrives. Right, right. So that it sounds nice and bright. So, well, excellent. That's wonderful news. And then, then the other bombshell you dropped. I want to hear about what new woods you've come across. I'm, I may not have a wood problem quite as bad as yours, but uh, whenever I hear about wood, I'm like, oh, what's what's he got? <laughs> he has four bands. Yeah, come on. He has Chad, four the bands. The first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I don't admit that I have a problem. I admit that other people think I have a problem. Yeah, okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so um, one of my, uh, uh, you know, real fond, fond memories of my childhood is uh, uh, going up to kind of obscure waterways in the Sierras uh, with my family. And there's, uh, there's this one place, um, uh, I'm gonna call it the Rock Haven Dam. Uh, that was built in 1911 
and it was built from big redwood planks. And it's it, it's time it's time to upgrade. And so as those planks came out to be replaced, um, one of my uh, old old contacts it goes back many many years that's been retired uh, got wind of it and uh, uh, contacted me and Lloyd Bags and uh, we both went. Uh, let, uh, Lloyd actually called me, so I got it from two different directions, and I jumped on that. So this is Sequoia, uh, mm. not not uh, Sequoia Sempervirens that mostly is used in guitars, uh, but the, but the Sequoia Gigantia, uh, the old stuff, like uh, Jan Peterson and Laurie Fuller worked uh, used for their surfboards in that project, and and it's just it's it's um the story behind it is beautiful. Uh, because these trees are so majestic and represent uh, such a wonder of nature. Um, and it's also a bit of a different wood as far as density and so forth. So these planks that have been submerged, um, uh, you know, when, when the uh, trailer came up to the shop, uh, you know, I looked at them and they, are, they, were, the, they were really gnarly, uh, really shaggy. They had bolt holes in them. And it's the kind of thing, I mean, seriously, you would walk right by if you saw it out on the curb at a construction site. And uh, I, uh, I was able to pick the ones that had appropriate, you know, vertical grain in them. And uh, when I saw it into them, it was like angel singing and uh, rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> the, uh, the color goes from buckskin to purple. And uh, the grain is so fine from this, uh, these trees that had uninterrupted growth for a millennia. Um, uh, it's really like opening up a time capsule in it. And I'm, I'm thrilled with this stuff. Uh, we, um, we're going we're gonna to go through a process. It's not, it's not kiln drying it, because air drying is, is actually more beneficial to sound than kiln drying. It's a vacuum process that assures that it reaches a proper, proper equalized moisture content that's stable in a guitar. And so I should be able to, to get that out and play with it yeah, probably in another eight weeks. So while that, uh, while I was in the midst of that distraction, um, the uh, 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 we got this cedar that the cedar was was actually underground, and it weighed more. It, I don't know how it did this, but it weighed more than the combination of the material and the volume of water it could contain. It was so soaking wet, and this is not uh, you know bound moisture from the living tree. This is just the the moisture that the dead tree collected once it fell, and uh, I've had that now in um, you know in a in a process in the blocks and put in the right place in the shop for over two years, and that's finally ready to start cutting into. And uh, that's the same thing. Cutting into that is like, uh, you know, you go back to the uh, first grade and sharpening a pencil and uh, all, all the memories come flooding in, as, as well as the beauty of the look of the wood and the grain. And one of the things that, that really moves me is this sense of time. Uh, when, you, when you look at this piece of wood and the, and the grain is so fine in it that you realize if you started counting the grains across maybe a 10-inch piece, um, you know, you're, you're going way back in history, you know, going to like Jesus's time uh, when this tree would have been a little tiny sapling. So uh, that's my, that's the that's a good description of where I go when I cut into wood. And what could be more beautiful than this wood uh, creating music?
you know, uh, that that's the beautiful part of it. And that I get, a, uh, you know, I get to play a part in creating that. So both of those two woods will be uh, available probably within another two months when we can start building with them. Um, we've, uh, uh, you know, I've got some uh, sycamore, walnut, and uh, uh, we'll also be making more noise about the ancient cowrie here pretty soon. So, you know, if I wanted to, I could squander all my time uh, working with the wood and I'd be really happy. Uh, but um, I probably also wouldn't have a job, so <laughs> balance it out with the rest of it. Not that this isn't a pleasure, mind you. Well, so I'm sorry, I went off there, didn't I? I no, uh, it was great. I got lost on my wood stuff. But it was, it, it, I'm trying to convey the thrill of this and the, the feeling of obligation and responsibility when I do get to work with it. Yeah, there's been no, a lot of been a lot of talk about because I've been around the dance wood a lot. Yeah, and one one of the one of the people that worked on the said, I feel like this is Roman time, and and this is, yeah. this, is this is this, and and I don't know when I'm sanding it, I feel like I'm breathing air that was the same air as was in the Egyptian tombs, you know, and you are you are. You are. You're actually doing that, and and it's such an amazing connection to the to the whole process. That's really. Were there any pictures of the? Yeah. Uh, of, of the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be fun to see those. Uh, um, the, we will document this. Uh, uh, I took uh, you know before and after pictures of cutting into this, and we do have, have some photographs of the original reclamation on it. Wow, so it'll great. be. We'll make hay out of this for sure. Yeah, that's great. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I know what that's like. I, I salvaged a bunch of uh, old 2x12 fur that had been the uh, roof rafters of a structure that was built in about 1920. That's gorgeous. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was just nasty, gnarly, you know, the, the asphalt roofing material <laughs> dripped over the edges of it and everything. And, you know, I've only done one piece so far, but you scrape all that off, join it, and it's just stunning. It's got to be 300 years worth of growth in a in a 12 inch piece of wood. It's it's just amazing. Well, not the not the one up here, but if you have um, um, the proper use for this, I, I after the Santa Cruz uh, earthquake in 1989, uh, there was a old um, old old uh, building uh, with a board sidewalk and aptos that was built on the cliff, and in shoring that back up, they had to take out this beam that was like. Oh my gosh, it's like 18 by 24 by about 15 feet of oh fur. And that's a pet, and I have no idea. I don't want to touch it. I don't know what to do with it. So if somebody has a, more, a noble purpose, uh, uh, now you know that that exists. Mm. And that would have been from about the same time, about uh, uh, turn of the last century, about 1900. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm reading David McCullough's book on the Ohio, the settling of the Ohio Valley and, and the whole way that they put it together right now. And all his descriptions of the forests are walnuts and chestnuts that haven't been touched oh, for a thousand years, you know, and all they can see is just forests as far as they can see and uh, just unbelievable. You know, they're, they're yeah. felling a tree and they get an 80 foot piece of walnut. That is Boy, Richard, you know when Notre Dame burnt, <gasps> um, I, I, my heart sank. I was going, you know, the timbers that that was built out of yeah. are irreplaceable. They just don't exist anymore. 
yeah, yeah. stuff that it, it's just it's it's such an it's such a a grounding not to go all california woo woo but but it's such a it, <laughs> well, it's such, well that's it, a permanent condition yeah it is it is but <laughs> but it's such a california grounding woo-woo. thing to know what you're working with has been here forever yeah you know and it's I wish that forever. for everybody to have that connection yeah that that's a a beautiful place that that really is a beautiful place yeah uh you know the um uh, just recently with the the horrible windstorms that we just had uh we lost some uh ancient ancient sequoias up in uh, grants grove up in the sierra again my childhood stomping grounds and uh uh i want to make a pilgrimage up there when i can see what that looks like yeah it's yeah it's uh we we've lost a lot of big trees down here too in that last last week and stuff like that you know and we lost highway one. Oh. <laughs> probably uh, about again, again. probably about three years on this one this is a yeah. this is a this one's a whopper it, yeah this one's, <laughs> this, one's a, this one's a big one and it'll uh, grow back it'll grow yeah back. it'll it'll keep the it, it, it'll keep that's it'll keep it it'll keep the tourists down that's for sure <laughs> yeah that's right southern california can't get up here with its influence for yeah you got you got to go you got to go the long way you can't, you can't yeah but what are they going to do about the the car commercials and the hair commercials with uh with the uh people blowing their hair across bixby bridge they're filming them in um oregon and um uh the russian river right now Oh really? I thought they had built a Bixby Bridge in China. Oh, no, I, let's hope. Let, 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 let's hope not. There was just a. I'm it, sorry. No, that's okay. Really, at other people's expense here. To get, What's your to next get, question? To get really in the woods, I just saw a really great picture of Philip Glass standing in front. Oh of, yeah. In front of the Bixby Bridge, and it was you know he lives up that canyon, you know, and I was like going, oh wow, what you know, what a great. It, it's just a really. You get you get his music if you understand that, you know. That's um that's awesome. He used to live across a canyon from us, up uh, out of Wisconsin Valley, and we would hear uh, you know music in a still night that was just un- unearthly. Yeah, just 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 a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, okay. Well, we won't we won't distract you with this, but I did I did win enough uh, gas money in. Uh, uh, crap game in, in up Bixby Canyon uh, to be able to go to New Mexico and meet my wife and come back here and be a guitar maker. So that ties it all together. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Yeah. It, it, me and Richard Brodigan. <laughs> it's such a it's such a um, it's such a special place. I I've had access for a number of years to the Kerouac cabin. Oh God. Yeah, you just. What are you gonna do? You know, I mean, you just sit there and and, and soak it up. Um, guitars. Let's go back. Tad, you got anything? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say he mentioned uh, listening to music, and I was gonna say one of the things I wanted to ask him about is uh, any new artists that they're working with or any new music he's listening to. You know, we've asked you that in the past, and um, during these times of COVID, what uh, what has been on your playlist, so to speak? You know, I um, I've been a little uh, retrograde here. Um, I'm I'm being a little little uh, cagey here, not because I have a secret, but I'm just not ready for this yet. Um, there's a, there is a profound influence on my uh, early awakening to 
uh, guitars and guitar music. Um, uh, you know, old-fashioned uh, leftist politics, uh, um, uh, racial equity, the whole thing. You know, back to the dawn of time and, and uh, uh, Washington Square. And uh, this person that was such a huge influence on me uh, is, of course, well advanced in his career, but still active. And we're doing a signature model with him. And I'm about to, to pop wanting to talk about it. Uh, but uh, I spent a lot of time with this um, and a lot of time with him. And also just the, just the ethos of uh, the time uh, uh, that was a little, a little ahead of me, you know. Um, you know, when Bob Dylan was hitting the scene, I was like still in grade school, you know, I was before that. So I, I came into this a little bit later. So going back and listening to some of that uh, uh, today is, is pretty simplistic. Um, uh, tunes uh, and, and songwriting, but it changed the world. You know, it was so profound and it was so heavy and direct with its meaning uh, that aside from the uh, sophistication of the songs, again, uh, that's why we where we are today. And I really wanted to inculcate that stuff and get all of it in for preparation of doing this guitar. Um, and uh, you know, you guys know as well as I what that discography discography is um but man that really takes me back so with all my you know with all my uh um uh self-serving image of of being uh cutting edge and exploring new music and world music and stuff like that i went the other direction and i went back to the roots on this and uh, it was good it puts me in my place how's that for oblique <laughs> that, that's wonderful that's I have a, a feeling I might know who this is, but I won't say anything. Um, you know, uh, Richard uh, and I have had the great pleasure of spending some time talking to a variety of Santa Cruz artists during the time we haven't been able to speak with you. Um, cool. And it's been it's been wonderful to hear these people' perspectives and and how um, how much they love their acquaintance with their guitar, their Santa Cruz guitar, how much it's meant to them in their development as an artist and, and as musicians and, and everything else. Um, so it's always exciting to hear about another signature model guitar coming from Santa Cruz. Um, because I think that, that you working with some of these artists managed to nail, you know, just where they are and just what you can do. Well, it, if I could take opportunity of this, and this may sound a little self-serving, but um, our signature models are really different. Uh, they're a product of my relationship with artists. And in most cases, we probably already made instruments for the person and uh, uh, evolving into uh, uh, a guitar that would have broad appeal and it becomes a signature model. Um, you know, the the normal way of doing that is you have an R&D person, that, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, A&R person that goes uh, to the artist and offers them a deal and uh, they present a signature model and, and off you go. And uh, ours is, our comes from the other direction. And uh, so all of these signature models mean a lot to me in that regard. You know, they're, they're like little time capsules of my development, my life as well. Um, and uh, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's it's a cool thing. Yeah. No, it, it's very cool. I, I 
I remember I, I got a uh, Sonya uh, Signature Model H uh, just because the specs on it seemed great and I played it and was like, wow, this is a really wonderful guitar. No idea who Sonya is. Then at the uh, uh, anniversary concert, I remember I got a chance to meet her and, and I said, you know, I love playing your guitar. And we had a wonderful uh, little chat over breakfast in the side yard at, at the, the shop. Um, and it's a, a very special memory to me. That's, thank you for that testimony, uh, Ted. You know, Sonia is a, is a powerful woman and her message is profound. And one of the, um, one of the measures of somebody's commitment to their cause uh, is longevity. You know, how long they stick with it and uh, that it's not just that they followed a trend and then they went off to a real life and became a realtor or something and Sonia's put her neck on the line uh, uh, carrying on the tradition of the singer-songwriter and the protest movement and so forth uh, for her whole life and uh, uh, and with that a lot of risk you know she put herself in harm's way many times and I think she's horribly underappreciated. And who knows the whimsies of the marketplace? Sometimes it's very cruel. Uh, but anybody listening to this, uh, uh, Sonia, Disappear Fear, I highly recommend you listen to her stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Great. Hey. All right, well, Mr. Newman, what do you say? What more do we, is there anything I've forgotten to cover that we thought we would talk about? I don't think so. Um... Richard, it's really great to see you, and we really appreciate your time. Um, I know that the people that are watching this are appreciating your time. Uh, we, uh, we've started a, a new section on the forum for only podcasts. So the podcasts live in one spot now. They don't live kind of randomly. Some of the earlier ones were um, back on page 50. And, uh, you know, let's get them all in one spot where people can find this information and get this information. And um, we just thank you so much for your time. Yes. You know, Richard, I, thank you. I move. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, from my point of view, I'm sitting here talking to friends and I can't imagine anybody else would be interested in that. Um, so thanks for putting me in the right place. Uh, let me let me uh, make a quick amends to the forum. Um, I've got really dear friends, including you guys in the forum, and, uh, it's, and it means a lot to me. Uh, in years past, I participated in answering questions on a daily basis. And with this last year, um, uh, my, the, the demands of my time have been such that I have not participated. And it's not from a lack of interest. It's, it's from a lack of thinking that I could give a quality uh, offering to that. So I've been more of a spectator, spectator, and I appreciate that, that you guys carried the burden of keeping that alive. I'm really grateful for it. I think everybody gets as much from, from um, that. And of course, we tried to keep pertinent questions that are something that is interesting. We try to bring those up to you, you know, and, and I think it's so much better to get your visual response than it is to you know, read something. It's just, it's really great that you've taken the time to answer these questions and, and do this stuff. And it, the forums, it, it, it's going a really interesting direction. Um, I think we've had our biggest thread in the past week and the difference between a Don Edwards and an Eric Skye. And uh, oh, that's it, great. That's it, is, great. It, is, it is great. And it's a huge thread. 
Um, and the guy that bought it is in Scotland or Ireland. Where was he, Tad? I, I, one of those two, and the, the guitar had to be shipped, and you know the guitar went back to Germany, and and the guitar's been oh. on a little bit of an adventure, and and he he wanted a Sky, but he wouldn't ever find one used, and he found a used Don Edward somewhere in Europe, and and there was all this great community that happened on the forum with bringing people back and forth together, and and it it it, it it's taken a very interesting direction. The uh, the musician interviews are becoming popular. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Um, okay. Lastly, gratitude to both of you, Chad. Thanks for what you do uh, to help promote the cause. And uh, between you and me, you know that guitar making is only a vehicle for the message we're trying to get across here. And I really am proud to work with you. And Richard, your uh, service to uh, monitoring the forum uh, uh, moderating the forum and the stuff that you do is is really appreciated, but it's also a great message to everybody else that's suffering COVID fatigue right now. Um, uh, man, there's been a lot. Uh, we've been called upon to really deplete a lot of resources of compassion and care for others because it's so damn wearing. Uh, but Richard, you personify um, the the fact that the thing that makes us the happiest is in making other people happy. And your service that you do in keeping the forum going and uh, getting information out through the documentaries to other people, I'm sure gives you that kind of satisfaction and recharges you to forge ahead and keep it up. So, uh, you know, Richard sets the example there of, um, uh, you know, look out look out for others. It'll make you feel good. Yeah. I, I, that, that's to, Thank you. I, I, Really, yeah, I, I want to wholeheartedly back that up and say that you know that, that Richard's um, efforts to keep the forum going and, and to keep it on track and to keep it focused and give it direction and, and just the hours he puts in I mean, it's it's very, very greatly appreciated, Richard. And I think uh, we do it for everybody. everybody on the forum should let you know that we do it, we do it, we do it for the community, and I, I, I couldn't be more honored to do it for a company like Santa Cruz that has such a moral standing that just makes me feel great every day thanks brother you make me happy yeah me too we hope you enjoyed this installment of the santa cruz coffee break for more music related fun please join the santa cruz guitar players forum at scgcpf or santa cruz guitar players.com if you have any questions or possible podcast topics please contact us if you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar.